Hello and welcome to another episode of our program, Develop. Uh, this program is designed specifically for disciples and disciplers who want to go a little deeper, grow and develop and become everything God designed them to be and to do everything God desires them to do. And today I am excited to share with you the first part of a three-part series titled God's Training Drills. God's Training Drills. Reflecting on the scripture, reflecting on my own observation of heroes of the faith and people that walk with Jesus around me. I sense that God is so incredibly committed to set his team up for an incredible season of effectiveness and destiny. But just like an incredible trainer, the Lord himself begins to design a program, a vigorous training program that is both uh, intentional and individualized, tailored to everyone's needs. And uh, I imagine that as a discipler, as somebody that follows Jesus and wants to multiply disciples, I think you will probably agree that regardless of the seasons of life, we are always in training season. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, God preparing us in the pre-season so that he can deploy us in the season proper, we are in, in season, in a training season. Sometimes we'll call it, you know, we're in a season of ease or a season of hardship or we're in a season of joy or a, or a season of conflict or whether we're in a, you know, in, in a season of excitement or, or a season of exhaustion. I, I, I believe you probably agree with me that regardless of the experiences of life, we all we all are experiencing a training season. And God trains us for three simple purposes. And once we understand the purposes of our training, guess what? We become, uh, you know, we've got clarity. We, we, we reduce the confusion and the tension that's associated with, uh, you know, in, enduring life's trainings and uh, training drills that God has for us. And I believe there is a three, at least three purposes for God's training drills. I honestly think they are God's go-to uh, type of training. It's his favorite training drills. Have you ever been in a, in a training environment and the coach always goes to a particular training drill? Well, I have a feeling that God goes to one of those three training drills. And uh, each one of them has a really beautiful purpose, which we'll discuss over the next few weeks. The one we will discuss tonight is that God has a purpose through His training to build your spiritual stamina. Then next week, we're going to talk about God building your selflessness muscle. And lastly, we're going to talk about God building your significance muscle. So today, I want to share with you briefly about God's ability to build our stamina or our endurance muscle. 
And this is really special to me. It comes from a raw experience I've had over the past few weeks. It's I don't come to you as an expert. I come to you as a co-learner, as a, as a person, a player who's training with you in your own training drill under the close overseeing eye of our Heavenly Father. And this comes uh, as a result of the last few weeks where I've seen God attempt to train me uh, and enlarge and stretch my endurance muscle. And it comes back to several years ago, probably about four or five years ago, where God asked me to uh, embark on a project that was a long-term project and, uh, you know, I, I realized at the time that that project had, had really God's approval over it. God actually engineered the circumstances for which uh, I, uh, you know, joined that project. And also God, uh, you know, highlighted to me the implication on my own calling that he had called me several years ago to, uh, you know, fulfill the aspect of my training. And as I began that project, it was a breeze, really. It was so good. It was motivational. There was an overflow of joy. But about June last year, alongside other situations, I felt that this project was beginning to see some sort of a block, a tension of where is that flow, God? Why is it getting a little harder? And uh, over the past few weeks, I, I imagined that things will get better and I will see a breakthrough, but it wasn't the case. And as Susie and I would, would you know, walk every morning and pray, we, we really surrendered that to God. I'd, I'd fast more than once a week and, and alongside other uh, requests, I will put this before God and say, Lord, I really need a breakthrough. I know this is in your will. I know, I know that this is going to have great implications for the calling that you have upon my life. But God, why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? And literally at one stage in the past couple of weeks, I thought maybe God, after four years, He's asking me to give this up because maybe it's going to implicate my identity. It's maybe it's going to make me, uh, you know, feel dependent on my performances or make me feel like I've accomplished something for the call of God to come to fruition. And deep within my heart, I felt like I was gonna, I was ready to give it away. And it came with a sense of relief, immediate relief, because I'm not going to suffer that tension that I was experiencing every day that I had to think about that project. But it also came with a sense of grief that I've started something and I hate not finishing off what I started. I also realized that it had something to do with my calling. And I was a little concerned why God wasn't giving me a breakthrough. And uh, I spoke with few people that I trusted about this. And every one of the three people that I spoke with said to me, I believe God wants you to push through. And that wasn't a relief that, that, you know, I had to muster some courage to endure the journey. And that was a little bit uh, annoying. So I sought God and he gave me an answer that I probably didn't expect or I didn't really want to hear. And it came from the book of Hebrews and chapter 12. And this is what I want to share with you tonight. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders 
And I felt God was saying, I want you to throw all weight. You know, people used to train with weight. Some of them in, the, in, in that old uh, uh, nurse olden days, they used to even take off their clothes. Thankfully, God wasn't asking me to do that. But they took off their clothes so that they gain every inch of, of capacity to run faster. And it says, and the sin that so easily entangles anything that will let go of for the best. The good goes for the sake of the best. And it says, and let us run with what is that dreaded word again? Run with perseverance. And I, I noticed God was saying to me, I want you to run, not walk. I want you to run, not roll. I want you to run with, with enthusiasm and with perseverance. The race marked out for us. I said, God, I have another race in mind. Would you allow me to jump lanes? And he said, hey, I marked that race for a purpose. And then he goes on to say, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Because he himself, for the joy set before him, endured. Even Jesus endured. I thought Jesus will have every breakthrough possible, but he endured. And what type? He endured the shame of the cross because it's written that everybody hangs on a, on a tree is cursed. And Jesus was viewed by others as cursed and he endured that blame. It says, consider him who endured, again, as if the word hasn't been said enough, such, such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And God was saying, hey, don't lose heart. Just push through. And I, and I understood that God wanted me to push through. And I wish I could tell you tonight, you know what? I felt a surge of energy, spiritual adrenaline, and I just went for it and I finished the task. That is not the case yet. I'm sure it will be. But what I'm learning now, God is saying, I didn't want you to quit. I just wanted you to learn in Endurance. And I'm in the process of learning that. So through this passage, I genuinely want to share with you some observations that I'm learning as a co-learner with you in the road. Hopefully those observations will assist us to endure and to learn from the endurance drill that God has, possibly for you possibly for me. You see, those Hebrew, uh, uh, the, the readers of the book of Hebrews were going through a tough time as well. They were Jewish Christians. They had come to Jesus from a Jewish background and the Jewish people, their, their friends and their, 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 you know, the people that they used to hang around in the synagogue began to put a lot of pressure on them so that they would leave the new call, the new phase that God has for them. And they hammered them day in and day out. In fact, they began to subject them to persecution. They lost property. They were suffering. Christianity for them was hard. But to those very people, here we learn a few tips that the writer of Hebrew, uh, Hebrews tells them about how they can endure and not lose heart. And I pray that that will be you and me. And I'll share with you four quick points that may assist you and may assist me in enduring, in running the race with perseverance. Number one comes from verse 7 and 11 in Hebrews chapter 12. It says this, endure hardship as discipline. And the word discipline actually is the training of a child. Endure hardship as discipline and no discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful 
And the first thing that we learn from this, that the training drill that God has given us at the time where we are being trained is actually painful. So my first observation to you tonight is the training process is painful. So have the right expectations. My friends, I am a victim of the myth, and maybe you are too, that when we come to Jesus, you know, everything goes well with us. Meaning, peace, purpose, you know, excitement. But I want to say maybe to you today, you have come to Jesus, not ease us. You know, you've come to Jesus, not ease us. It's not a, a pathway for us that is a bed of roses. Let's have the right expectations. You know, the drill that God gives to us may be difficult and painful. I tell you what, Observing my two boys playing soccer in the rain, you know, uh, uh, when they played for, for a club, I look from the car, I, I'm sheltered in the car when it's pouring out rain, and they are running, they are being, you know, hammered by their coach, and there is no mercy, they don't give them an umbrella, they didn't give them a hot ba uh, bath after it, it was meant to be tough. And we need to understand that when we come to Jesus, we are not promised ease, we promise development. God wants to develop your character just like the coach wanted to develop my, ch my children's soccer skills. So it's not so weird that they are being stretched, their muscles are hurting at the end of it. And maybe we need to have grace and gentleness upon ourselves when we're going through difficulties. You see, when I'm going through a tough time, guess what? I'm blaming myself for not being you know able to persevere I am giving myself a guilt trip when I felt God is saying to me hey Pete I know it's painful it's hard you are getting an understanding of some muscles that you didn't know exists within you so it is painful but it is okay we are stretching your muscles you know, we all have an understanding of what God is doing in us. But sometimes under the difficulty of hardship, the difficulties of problems, the difficulties of uh, challenges, guess what? Under that discipline, under that training, some of us either really hate on God or some of us faint under the pressure of the training drills. And we don't want to hide on God or take His discipline lightly. We want to make sure that we are taking it seriously with grace and gentleness over ourselves. The first thing that I want to share with you in order for you and I to endure, we need to understand that it may be painful, but it's helpful. I want to I want to tell you something, another sport analogy, I'm sorry for that, that uh, you know what? Some people who play footy actually embrace for a footy tackle or a footy bump. You see, you can't say, I want to play AFL, which is our Aussie Rules Footy League. You can't play AFL and say, I don't want to be tackled this match. That's <laughs> there is only an option for you to do that if you run away from the ball or go warm yourself on the bench or sit comfortably in the stands. But you can't be in the game and expect not to have the pain of a tackle. It might be unpleasant, 
but it is unavoidable. It's part of the code. The second thing comes from verses 10 and 11. It says this, God's disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in His holiness and that it produces a harvest. Later on it says it produces a harvest. That training produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And I want to let you know that holiness and peace is what God has in mind for His children. Just like a coach that has that intention for his players to expand in a particular skill. God wants us to share his holiness and to share in his peace. Wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't you want the holy character of God here on earth? This is not about, you know, a pie in the sky and you save your own self. That's not true. It's about our walk here towards Christ likeness. I want to remind you that the training outcome is Christ-likeness. Why don't you imagine it? Why don't you celebrate it? You think, you know, God, I know this is hard. I know this is painful, but I know that this is also beautiful. Because we all know how to endure if we can see meaning and purpose behind our endurance. You see, people that study hard, they know that they are enduring for a good result. People who take on the plane for many hours, they know they're enduring the plane flight because they're going to see family or they're going to enjoy a holiday. People endure a hard conversation because they're looking forward to the sustainability of an awesome friendship. You see, we need to understand that the training is for our good so that we can be the best version of ourselves. And that's the Christ-likeness version. And let me tell you something. If you're a discipler, I want to let you know that the depth of your character determines the breadth of your influence. You can't have a shortcut with God. You can't tell me I want to be a discipler, but I don't want to be trained by hardship and difficulties and problems. The depth of your character is what interests God's most, and that's what will expand the breadth of your influence. You want to know why God isn't using you enough or why God is using you enough? It's because you've endured the training. The preseason allows for your deployment in God's workplace. Here we are. The third point I want to share with you, it comes from verse 7, 8, and 9 really, but I'm just going to read it briefly. It says, endure hardship as a discipline. God is treating you as His children. If you are not disciplined and everybody that un- and everyone undergoes discipline, but if you're not disciplined, then you are not legitimate. You're not a true son and daughter at all. You see, the reality is this. If you're being disciplined, the trainer is your heavenly father. You can entrust him with your life, with the training. It's almost like God allowing you to go through the training. And what's happening? He's actually observing your heart rate. <laughs> he's, he's got his eyes on the monitor, making sure you will not collapse. He's making sure you will thrive. And let me tell you something. Only those people who are not children of God avoid training. You see, you say to somebody, oh, you know, they're having an easy life, which is, uh, you know, hocus pocus really. But we can say some people aren't being disciplined by God, aren't being trained by God which is the expectation of every child and every father to train and develop their children. But if they aren't, it means they're not God's children. Because you don't go discipline or train your neighbor's children. 
Now you look after your own. Even if they messed up and they annoyed the, the, the neighborhood, you can't go discipline them. And the proof that you are a child of God is that He's training you. He's disciplining you. He's forming your character because you are His child. But let me tell you something else. The reality is this. You are being trained because you're progressing, not because you're being punished. You are being trained because you're progressing, not because you're being punished. My friends, the six times that the Hebrew writer mentioned mentions the word children, it actually speaks of the adult standing, not a little children. <laughs> He's saying, because you're an adult, because you are growing, I'm going to give you more training. I'm not abusing you as a young kid. I am seeing your progress and I'm uploading you, but I'm uploading you by giving you more training. That's not the way we see it. We think that God is forsaking us if we experience hardship and difficulty, but that is the opposite. God actually sees your progress and therefore he gives you more training. The last thing that I want to share with you comes from verse 11 of Hebrew 12. It says, later on, after we're being trained, it says, However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Does everybody benefit? Does everybody developing character as a result of God's discipline and training? No, only those who accept to be trained by it. Only those who accept to be trained by it. The training drill, my friends, the training drill requires your collaboration. Otherwise, it won't work. And the first thing you need to know about your collaboration, I'm going to give you a quick three points and you probably want to note them down. The first thing is you need to push through. You need to push through. You see the scripture in that verse says, let us throw off everything that hinders. And then it says, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. I was saying to God, how long do I have to push through, Lord? And he says, to the point of shedding blood, that means to the end of your life. Ah, no, I don't want to know that. But I trust that God is saying, perseverance is for life and I want to stretch you so that you know what you're capable of doing Peter you're capable of bearing you're capable of enduring you're capable of more I'm showing you through the drill how much you're capable of doing so Peter do what is right not what feels right do what is right push through regardless of how you feel the second thing that I want to share with you Peek into the future and see what is at stake. He said, Isu is written in the same scripture that for a single meal, he sold his inheritance rights. He was the firstborn, but sold it for a silly, stupid meal. And then it says, even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. You see what Isu had done? He missed a, a, a point of observing what's going on if he did not persevere. He wanted to fulfill his temporary need right now. He wanted to relieve his temporary need right now instead of seeing the ultimate reward, which is the blessing that he later sought, but it was too late. When you are tempted to give up, my friend, I I just encourage you to think at what is at stake. Your calling is at stake. God's glory is at stake. Other people whom you are helping, whose blessing and good is at stake. So don't go for the temporary relief. 
push through seeking the ultimate reward. The last thing, you know, and that takes us back to the beginning of that chapter. It says, because we're surrounded by such a great, great cloud of witnesses, then persevere. What does that mean? He's not saying there's people in the stand clapping you. No, he's saying just like you've seen in, in Hebrew chapter 11, that the amazing people of faith who endured and seen what God could do through them, they are bearing witness of what you're capable of doing. They are, they are in partnership with you so you too can do it for God's sake. So I want to share with you what my group said to me over the past few days. They said, don't endure alone, Peter. Don't bear with it. Let's bear it together. Let's fast together. Let's pray together. And let's see God allow us the capacity to push through. Maybe your prayer and my prayer must change. Not just seeking a breakthrough, but maybe, just maybe, your breakthrough and my my breakthrough is our ability to push through. Your breakthrough may be your ability, God-given ability to push through. And that's my prayer for you, that you will not quit. You will push. You will peek into the future and you'll push through because God is with you. And so are your friends and your loved ones who are going to engage with you, supporting you in this Thank you so much for watching. It's an absolute honor and privilege to have you with us. We pray for you and we trust God to use you mightily for the sake of Jesus. God bless you as you go. See you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Peter's message on Hebrews 12. We pray that God would have already spoken to you through this message. But it is also our heart's desire that as you continue to reflect and unpack what God wants to speak to you about in this message, that he might land something really specific and timely for you. And so we've provided three helpful, reflective questions for you to sit with. And now you can either do this by yourself or maybe even with a group of trusted friends where you can reflect together. And so the first question is simply this, what stood out to you about Hebrews 12? And the second question is, how is God using your current situation to help shape his character in you? And the third question is, what is God asking you to do to further develop your perseverance? And now on the fourth slide, you will see the all three questions there. And now if you're on your phone, we encourage you to take a screenshot. If you're watching on a TV or a laptop, then please take a photo of this slide. And that way, when you're either by yourself or with friends, you'll have a copy of these questions so that you can unpack and see exactly what God might want to say to you through this message. So thank you again for being with us and for tuning in.